welcome to a feminist in progress now i'm just jumping on here before the episode proper actually starts because i'm just really excited to share this episode because this is the first time in the podcast's history where i had a guest and i'm like super excited to share with you all um this episode i have with me as a guest a fellow feminist in progress uh louis who is the person behind dear juliet blog now in a moment you get to hear our conversation where we talk about among other things um gender non-conformity and you know non-binary gender identity as well as some digressions <laughs> because when we recorded it it's the weekend that red taylor's version came out so it's just two swifties coming together and talk about gender identity and how to create and foster safer spaces for non-binary folks and gender non-conforming folks so i hope you all enjoy Welcome to um, A Feminist in Progress, the podcast where we remember it all too well. <laughs> or, okay, that's not, okay, context, um, since folks are going to be listening to this two weeks from when we're recording, <laughs> we made the, <laughs> we made the coincidental schedule of recording this episode on the weekend that read the Taylor's version came out and I'm using the plural pronoun we because for the first time in the podcast's history, I have somebody on board. Um, now, I'll, I'll allow them to introduce themselves. So, Louis, <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> Who are you and why are you here? Uh, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how... We timed this, we scheduled this along with Taylor Swift's and a version of Red. Because I'm still reeling from it. <laughs> I'm still reeling. We all are. We all are. <laughs> and this is um, on top of the fact that a few hours ago, the short film for All Too Well came out. <laughs> yeah, I just kept tweeting about that a while ago. So yeah. Oh, yeah I'm... Yeah, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Um, but we're not here to um talk about uh Taylor Swift per se, although we could <laughs> ramble on about her. <laughs> Maybe we could like I don't know, soon enough have an episode about that. Just us being Swift Swifties, with you being the longer Swifty and me being the semi new one. <laughs> Swifty since oh eight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Louis, if you could um introduce yourself to um our uh listeners. Uh, sure, no problem. So hi. Hi, I'm Louis, Louis Ann, and I identify as gender non-conforming and non-binary. My pronouns are mostly they them. I sometimes like she, but I prefer they them. All right. Now the um, episode will actually um, 
kind of like credit you as the creator behind the Dear Juliet blog because um, for the listeners who aren't aware, um, I met, well, Louie and I met back in the days, you know, when it, it was safe to gather at a bookshop, you know, in small spaces at um, the open mic events at Mount Cloud Bookshop here in Baguio City. And like right off the bat, they impressed me with um, their poetry. And it was, it was just so nice, you know. Don't you just kind of miss those days? I do. Like that's why um in a way I I use the podcast sometimes as a platform to quote unquote perform old pieces because um yeah we don't have those uh, safe spaces anymore. Yeah, and also the Zoom like open mics are somewhat not the same. I've been to a few, yeah. but it just doesn't have the same feeling when you're around a lot of people. And you hear their reactions. Yeah. yeah. The the oohs and the ahs, the, the, the little facial expressions that they have. Yeah. It feels so weird just staring at people, you know, on a screen or their cameras are off and I just see their pictures or their names. Um, since, like, the last time we were... Um, in, in these kind of like open mic spaces, I think as individuals, we, you know, had those kind of like life experiences that are definitely worthy of being written about, definitely worthy of being topics for, you know, like poetry pieces. But you you have quite been active still, as I, um, as I saw recently. What was that whole thing? Um, that you did a, a couple of months ago? Oh, yeah. I was part of a spoken, a national spoken word workshop. Yeah, I had to perform uh, a feminist piece uh, called How to Be a Strong Woman. So it, it was a really Ooh. good feeling. However, I wrote that piece when I still identified as a woman. And it was really weird um, performing it. All right. All right. Okay. So, you know much ado about um these things well okay so for the listeners um i invited louie to be the first official guest of the podcast because i think they are um quite the um perfect person to not okay i don't want to use I avoid using the word perfect, but I think you're like the right person to talk about this because it's a topic that I I find is timely, but at the same time, I am not in a position to talk about it. So when I proposed to Louie um, this episode, I was like, "Hey, can can we talk about like you know non uh, non binary gender identity?" And you like you know kind of touched on that already in your self-introduction so you know what exactly is it what exactly does it mean to be non-binary and or gender non-conforming well basically being a be identifying as gender non-binary is that you don't fall under the typical gender as in like man or woman you don't identify as a man or a woman you can either probably fluid you identify as both or you identify as neither you don't want to fall under that constricting umbrella of gender yes um 
correct me if I'm wrong, uh, sometimes these kinds of identity, they tend to fall under the, the transgender um, identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. it, yeah, it's mostly mm-hmm. gender identity. It's not sexuality, as some people think. Um, gender non-binary mm-hmm. is basically, so, I don't identify as either feminine, like a woman, but neither do I ident- identify as a man. That, that's the thing that's mm-hmm. a little confusing for a lot of people. And I understand that whenever I tell people that I don't identify as a woman, despite being you know, coded as a cis woman most of the time. And my gender expression is yeah. mostly feminine. Yeah. So it confuses so many people that I de- identify as this. Yeah. But, you know, objectively speaking, I think as somebody who has, you know, in a way known you for, I think, five years, now that you're, you know, openly expressive of your, you know, non-binary gender identity you being authentic to yourself like honestly it's 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 amazing to see um just you know just right off the bat let me say that so (laughs) um now that we've kind of like you know touched on that where you know non-binary gender identity is just you know it's neither it can also be either it can Mm. be both yeah, it can be yeah, both. Right, My right. boyfriend yeah. actually identifies mm-hmm. as gender fluid. Although he doesn't want to use uh, non-binary, he prefers to call himself gender fluid because he sometimes feels like, you know, a girl. He sometimes feels like a guy. He can, or there's moments that he just wants to express himself in a more feminine way. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's actually um, amazing. I've, I've met your boyfriend. And <laughs> I, he, he does cosplay, right? Yes, not not just cosplay though. The cosplay did start on why he started, mm-hmm. you know, dressing more feminine. But even outside of cosplay, mm-hmm. he would wear a skirt to class or wear a dress going to school. Yeah, or yeah I think going around Baguio. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I remember um, like seeing uh, those stories. So, I, I think this is also um, um, a good point wherein we can kind of delineate between gender identity and gender expression because sometimes mm-hmm. those don't always necessarily have to align so perhaps from your like point of view what do you think is the difference between someone's gender identity and their gender expression well i oh there's a very big difference because right? gender identity is how you really identify whether you're man woman or neither or you don't want to identify as any of it at all um i'm very bad mm-hmm. at explaining this because i'm also recently very open about being gender non-conforming and non-binary actually even yeah. my first few years i was very confused about the term it wasn't until my friend brie uh told me about mm-hmm. it because i think i opened up to her going sometimes i don't identify as she and there are moments like when i hear that i'm a woman i i don't connect with it as much as i'm supposed to but at the mm-hmm. same time, I dress feminine. I, I don't know if I'm being confusing. <laughs> Just tell me if I am. Yeah, I, 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 I totally get it. Um, because um, I, I think um, you were somebody who was raised to be fe- um, 
you know, like, you know, we live in a society wherein we, we typically like fall into only two categories a lot of the times. Um, so even as babies, based on someone's anatomical structure, somebody is already assigned a gender and everything else has to follow into that. So whether it, when it comes to the clothes you wear, the, the toys that you play with, who you um, kind of um, get lumped into, whether it's PE or, or something else, uh, a lot of it is fa- very subtle. Mm. And it takes, a, yeah, and based on your experience, like it kind of takes a while for you to kind of come into your uh, own truth there. So it kind of leads me to the question wherein, you know, how how exactly did you kind of like you know come to that realization of sorts and i think you're already touching um onto this a while ago when you were talking about your conversation with your friend uh we were in um you know what what exactly was your journey um when it comes to realizing you know these things about your uh gender identity i think I think it starts a little younger in a way because growing up, for for some reason, my parents didn't raise me to be a girly girl. Like they wanted me to be like one of the boys so I can keep up with men mm-hmm. growing up. So I didn't have, they always would try to push me towards pants, push me to be a little more boyish mm-hmm. than I actually am. <laughs> and... And then oftentimes I would see my girl classmates with such nice frilly dresses. They look so cute. And I said, I wanted that too. I'm a girl. You say I'm a girl. They're girls. I want to do that too. I want to get frilly dresses. It came to a point that I wore a cocktail dress. I don't know if it's a cocktail dress. I was around grade three, grade four to class because Mm -hmm. I badly wanted to be seen as a girl. I would constantly try to wear dresses to be seen as a girl because my name is Louie so that also (laughs) makes it weird for a lot of people when they hear my name oh it's a boy and then they see me in a pink dress Mm -hmm. with white little doll shoes with ribbons and go and with a very high voice and it's a girl it's a little girl so I think I badly wanted to be seen as a woman growing up seen as a girl but then there came to a point where I'm like, I also sometimes like being mistaken as a guy for some reason. Let's like, unpack that. <laughs> yeah. I would never correct people when they call me he. That's what a friend noticed that because they're the ones correcting it for me. Uh-huh. For me, when someone calls me a he by accident or Mr. Louis, I go, oh, I actually respond regularly. I never correct them. Yeah. My friends correct them for me. They get mad for me. And I'm like, I don't feel misgendered the whole time. It's like, I'm fine. When I shaved my head, I badly waited for someone to call me he. To call me mister for some reason. And I realized... Did you ever get that? No. I was sad. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess, I think I was just so comfortable with the fact if I'm seen as either man or woman, I don't really much care anymore it grew from i want to be seen as a girl to i don't mind being mistaken as a boy at this point so because, if i may yeah. quote ace face you saw the signs <laughs> <laughs> yes 
<laughs> I saw the signs. These were the signs growing up. But I just kept, you know, saying maybe I just said, you know, maybe I'm not like other girls. Maybe I'm not like other people. You know, I am just me. Mm. I think that's a lot of, for a lot of queer people because you've been taught that you have to dress this certain way for your gender identity. You have to be seen this way to be seen as your gender identity or sexual orientation. Mm. So I felt like, okay, mm. I don't know how to be seen. Yeah. I'll go, you know what? I'm a person. <laughs> I had that weird, weird mm. wake, woke person idea. Like, I'm a person. I am mm. not man or woman. That was my first step towards it. Pretentious, but yeah. It, it's what's fascinating about that story is I, when I was like listening to your word choices while like, you know, describing this part of your childhood wherein you put on the dress because you wanted to be seen. Um, it was it was really, in a way, kind of subtly trying to fit into this category wherein you, you wanted somebody to see you in a certain way instead of it kind of being innate coming out of you of this is who I am this is how I would want you to to see me. So, but, you know, then again, you, you were a kid back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think no yeah. adult person would go to anywhere with a cocktail dress at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 like, it, it, there's something also relatable there about, um, and this is already something I touched on in a different episode about how even names can tend to be gendered. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back then when you were a kid and then if you got mistaken for a boy and then did it ever like offend you back then mm. when you were a kid? Never. But for some reason, <laughs> I was never offended when I was mistaken as a boy. The only time I get offended up until now, I get mad when people try to correct my name once they see that I look like a girl. How so? Um, there are so many moments, like when they see my name as Louie. Sometimes they self-correct and go, oh, okay, Miss Louie. And then there are other oh. people who goes, oh, uh, there must be a type, oh, your name is Louise. Like after seeing oh. me or knowing that I'm a girl, look like a girl in some way, they go, oh, Louise, Louise Anne. I think I had one coworker who just kept calling me Louise. Once they found out that I had an Anne next to my name. So they just thought I spelled my own name wrong. <laughs> That's what I hated the most. Wow. <laughs> that they gendered my name the moment they saw yeah. me. It's, 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 it's worth exploring. And this is the academic in me being nerdy. <laughs> like, where did these automatic responses come from? Like, why do we think we are in a position? To gen to speak on behalf of someone when it comes to their gender, because in my experience, and I've talked about this in a previous episode, based on my name alone, I tend to be mistaken for male. It isn't until they see me, you know, a feminine presenting woman, that they kind of get taken aback and you know get flustered and correct themselves. In contrast to you, I, you know, kind of feel offended and invalidated when I get mistaken for a man because it erases who I am as, as, as a woman, kind of in the same way that I suppose 
that kind of feeling applies to you when somebody assumes your gender to be female because you know they kind of see you as Louis Anne and then kind of like get this assumption that oh she must be a woman she must be feminine like you know yeah and then they end up just gendering my name I don't know how many paychecks that had to and I always get my pay late within my first few weeks in a job because they always end up spelling my name Louis Anne because they make the assumptions on behalf of you <laughs> yes they think I spell my own name wrong that's the most offending part for me yeah it's like no my, my name is louis that's really on my birth certificate i i gave i would show it to you if you want <laughs> even my so, parents get mad at them for me uh-huh. because they feel like louis can be a girl name they don't understand why people need to constantly correct it because it's also been corrected in my school mm-hmm. records by other people once they see the f mm-hmm. it's like Yeah, that happened so much and I got really pissed off when I learned that that other people just assumed this my name was spelled wrong once they see the F in sex or gender. This this is so so fascinating because there's there's, there's a lot to unpack here um especially when it comes to names and um our behavior when it comes to like dealing with people because like why is it that Our, our behavior tends to change when it comes to you know knowing what somebody's gender is or you know imposing these things on people and i think that, that that's the key words there imposing uh things mm-hmm. so uh, th- yeah this is just kind of me in in a way i'm kind of like going off script here because <laughs> i had like an outline of the things we want to talk about but You know, this is just us shooting the shit. It just so happened to be recorded. <laughs> yeah. Because my name was part of that journey of identifying as gender non-binary or gender non-conforming. I'd like to think my parents did it on purpose, or at least they didn't think it was when they named me Louis Ann. Uh, uh-huh. Typical boy name and a typical feminine name. Somehow it was faithful, though. though yeah, that I think it was faithful. You were given, yeah. You were given a gender fluid name. Even who I was named yeah. after was a dude. Oh. <laughs> was a dude. Who were you named after anyway? Louis from the interview with the vampire. And I then Anne came from Anne Rice. Fascinating. Yes, Wait, and they yeah. put it together <laughs> because it sounded like Louis Lane. Yeah. Oh. See, see now the the funny thing is okay for the listeners we Louie and I have known each other for like, ooh, five years, bordering on six, and this is like, these, uh, this is the only time I've like I'm known about this. But it's great, yeah. it's great. <laughs> Now, early on, uh, you mentioned that your pronouns were they them. Now, uh, I think a few months ago, I think you were still using she they, but now it's it's very much they them. Um. Yeah, which brings me yeah, which brings me to um, to the grammar quote unquote debate because um, a lot of the arguments um, against the whole non-binary identity is that you know it grammatically it doesn't make sense that we are using they them to uh, refer to one person you know it's it. Grammatically, it doesn't make sense, and it makes me uncomfortable having to talk about that. <laughs> Now, can we 
make this clear like you know once for all um you know what would what would you say to these people who subscribe to this prescriptive mode of grammar who say that you know you, you can't use they them as a pronoun because it grammatically doesn't make sense no i would like to say to them they didn't listen to their english class properly or their english class was not taught properly i would like to meet their english teacher <laughs> but you, yeah, let, 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 let's unpack that <laughs> technically like gra- grammatically they is a generic third person singular pronoun in english especially in apa style Yes. That's what I like to tell people. Like I would go technical if they keep correcting me that they is not, you know, singular. They can Google this. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> in addition to this, it's worth noting that you know what else is fluid? Language. Yeah. <laughs> Because if if you think about it, back in the days, the word thou was an acceptable term. You rarely hear "thou" used now uh, used nowadays because we use the word "you" in the same manner that this kind of debate around the use of singular "they" in a matter of time it, it will be passe of a debate, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, language evolves over time. I mean, if you look at the dictionary, most of the words in the dictionary right now. We're not in the dictionary 50, 60 years ago. Grammar changes. A lot mm-hmm. of grammar rules change. If you look mm-hmm. at, you know, if you read books in the past, you can proofread that in the context of grammar right now, and you would see a lot of red marks in classic books. That's exactly. how fluid grammar exactly. can be as well. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Um, I'm curious. Um, have you ever been treated differently since you've kind of? Is it right to use the term "come out" for you? Uh, technically, I never did come out as non-binary. I would just, I just came, <laughs> I just put their they them, and people were surprised. Even though my Facebook profile has been they them, like gender neutral, since Facebook <laughs> came out with that feature a few years ago. Like I've been so, having that. Yeah. So, have you ever been? Have you been treated differently? Um, mostly at work. Many of my friends respect the fact, you know, that I am non-binary. I mean, they say it's kind of obvious that I am, so they respect it. But when it comes to work and other public places, it it gets a little difficult because they would just call me by the pronouns based on what I look like. During a mm. workshop, the work, uh, an acting workshop that I was in, I had a Zoom. Mm-hmm. It was over Zoom, and of course, I put my pronouns on my name, even though it's already there. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. would still say she. Ooh. Yeah, I came to the point when I said, "Can we just speak in Tagalog, so we can just Ooh. use silasha?" Yeah. Mm. I even yeah. put that in my. Uh, Zoom name. I went they them silasha, just mm. to really drive the point, mm. because I got really I was I would say pissed off, but like a little frustrated that even though it's yeah. there, 
that a lot of yeah. people didn't still use it. I didn't even put the option of she there. Which then, you know, it, loose, uh, it illuminates this reality that we have, at least in the Philippine society, wherein a lot of you, you know, non-binary folks still tend to be erased. You're not, you know, that v- validated just yet. Because it's it's still strange to our Philippine society, even if you would look at pre-colonial times in the Babaylan, wherein trans folks, maybe even not gender non-conforming folks, you know, they were visible. It wasn't until colonialism came into picture wherein the binary came along. So my question there is now. How do, how do we navigate our society in such a way that gender non-conforming or non-binary folks such as yourselves um, are seen, are made to feel safe in whatever environment that they are in? You know, what can we do? That's a loaded question. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the smallest step is just really respecting the pronouns they choose. Because the bigger way that we can feel more safe, especially people who don't conform to gender or see themselves as non-binary, is to really, you know, trample, you know, the gender Mm -hmm. norm. That it's not just male, female, Mm -hmm. or at least remove it. Remove the distinction Mm -hmm. of gender. That's a whole bigger system to fight yeah. So just basically yes. respecting the pronouns. I think for me, I find more comfort in Tagalog more than English mm-hmm. because we don't have gendered pronouns. Yes. So that's one thing that I can find comfort in in our language. Because when they if I they talk about me in Tagalog or any other language here in the Philippines, it's non-gendered. In English, yes. it's a different story. Yeah. Because if I were to introduce you in Filipino, I would just say, ito si Louie, kaibigan ko siya. Mm. And that, that pronoun, siya, does not specify your gender. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah. So, it, it bears repeating for everyone that one way for us to be allies, and by ally, I mean that in the verb sense, wherein, you know, allyship is also about the verb part of it you know it's also about action it's not just about the noun aspect of it um that um respecting people's pronouns is one way to go about it as well and um this is something that i've learned from i think you also know this person on online um pink mantaray oh yeah um, skyler <laughs> um yeah him him right um he's awesome online um for those who don't know um skylar baylor i believe um at pink mantaray on instagram he's um a transgender activist and he uses this platform to educate a lot of people and one of the his posts that really stood out to me was um on um the use of pronouns so even for um, people such as myself who are, you know, 
uh, cisgender and very much um, identify in line with um, the gender they were assigned with at birth um, to you know not hesitate when it comes to using our pronouns because it fosters um, a safe environment for everyone but That's true. Um, I guess it's also yeah yeah um, I guess it's also worth pointing out that um, not to overdo it because um, if somebody let's say is not yet out um, perhaps don't you know force them to come out them that, uh, that that's when not, you know not yet ready yes yeah. you know if somebody isn't ready to use he she pronouns or you know she they pronouns that's also part of it and I think one more thing that really will show your allyship or show them a safe space is not assuming you know their gender identity based on their yes. gender expression or not basing their sexual orientation based on their gender expression it's two very very different things mm-hmm. so uh louis then like you know how do you think we can have that conversation with people like you know what do you think could be the welcoming or let's say safe or um, the quote-unquote proper way of asking that question to to somebody asking their pronouns Mm. it goes back to the pronouns Mm. if you want to be a little more respectful you know but ask it you know in a respectful way like hi i'm Louie, I identify as they, them. What's your pronouns? There. Yes. Yes. I think, okay, so that's a bit more on the individual level. Okay, mm. let, let's try to be um, utopic or a, a bit ambitious. How can we foster safer workspaces or safer classrooms when it comes to navigating um, gender identities? Oh, that one's a little tricky. Because even I don't exactly know how either. But I think yeah. one is having, you know, at least a boss who understands, or at least those who are mm-hmm. in power in these situations, like in a workplace, the managing team, or in a school, which is the faculty, to really educate themselves yes. about these, about gender and sexuality. Like, really take the time to learn it. Because it's going to be very mm-hmm. different contexts in different workspaces and schools on how to create these safe spaces. So it really starts mm-hmm. with educating those who have the power to create the safe space. Yes. Yes. I totally agree there. Um, yeah. Um, even, let's say, human resources, I suppose, need certain SOGI-related trainings. Even teachers such as myself, which, you know, in reality, we, we don't get these things. Um, it, it takes your individual level of wokeness to do things on your part. So, share ko lang. <laughs> what I did at the start of the semester, <laughs> yeah, was... Um, when I kind of like gave out, you know, kind of like course guides or um, certain like house rules, um, I included there 
Um, if you are somebody who identifies as transgender and or non-binary, please let me know, especially um, when it comes to your pronouns or if the case is um, you are not comfortable with the name that appears on your um, like your records in school. Like somebody, let's say, who um, is a transgender woman na the dead name sila minsan eh, right? Yeah, so, that's very common. Um, yeah. Um, even back in the days in my old work, um, it felt so uncomfortable having to dead name certain students because that's what appears in their records. And the sad thing there as well is that the class record the cl- the class list is arranged in such a way and this is your this is probably going to piss you off um it starts off listing the males quote unquote and then the females so yeah. if there's a gender division there did that happen to you back in college not just college i think my whole life i because from lm to high school for some reason my teachers trusted me to do attendance sometimes and i do see the attendance list and it's always the males first yeah <laughs> i'm why like why <laughs> yeah why are we separated by gender this is why <laughs> makes it so uncomfortable like why is the male first here why can't it be girls or at least yeah. really make it alphabetical like really start with who's gonna yeah, be there exactly. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, which is why I mean, you know, for all the flaws in my current workplace right now, in a way I commend them because the class list that they gave me, it was literally just arranged alphabetically. It didn't, you know, separate students wherein the males go first and then the females. So, you know, those things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, just to kind of like circle back there um, I think that's just kind of me also presenting how I uh, do it so if there are listeners who are in kind of like in similar places where they kind of want to help create uh, work places or you know what you have it we're in you know non-binary folks or even transgender folks yeah. can you know feel safe yeah so i think this is just my final question mm-hmm. you know by any chance if you know i have a listener out there who may think that they are you know gender non-conforming and or non-binary what advice would you give them one of them is just is just this if you don't identify with the gen- gender you're assigned but then you feel like there is something more to it trust that gut you can google you can see what that feel go to queer communities online open up to them saying that you feel like this or to a friend who is could be queer because like i said my friend brie helped me realize i was gender non-conforming she really helped me with that because i opened up to her going you know i can i still identify like as a non-binary woman is that valid and she immediately said Mm -hmm. that I was valid and I felt like oh my god like a whole weight just lifted out of my chest that's beautiful yeah be the wow be the breed to the movie in your life (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. So sometimes yeah. you can, because searching it on your own can be a little tough. Don't be afraid mm -hmm. to look at queer spaces because you will find people who either went through the same things you're going through right now or, you know, are figuring things out like you. You don't have to fully commit yeah. to the label, to the identity. You just, you know, want to feel something. That's fine. You just want to feel valid. Do whatever or say whatever what you think you are to feel valid. Yes, you are valid. Yeah. No. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Louis. Um, Oh, sure, no problem. Okay. I actually um, want to tell a story that's related to the school thing you've mentioned because it reminded me of a certain okay. thing that happened in my old college. Not the college I graduated from. Sure. It was yeah. a college sure, sure. I went to from first year to second year of college before transferring to the college I graduated from. I don't want to name names, but yeah. I think yeah, that is not. <laughs> yeah, I won't name names, but I remember going to a um, college meeting for our department and one of the student officers um, created some rules so that we can all look professional because they wanted to give us uniforms and one of the rules was the men should not have any vibrant colored hair or Yikes. wear short shorts yeah I did not yeah. like that because it didn't come from the teachers. It came from students. Yeah. Indeed, if it did come from a teacher's mouth and just tell, using students to say it, that it's just so effed up. <laughs> I remember being yeah. so mad. Like, oh my God. I, I think that's, I can imagine. that's what triggered me to wanting to transfer a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? Listening to you, it rem it reminded me of season three of Sex Education. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a little like that. It was like no, and so many of them, you know, the guys there, especially the queer men there, really reacted, and they went, "What's unprofessional about my blue hair? What's unprofessional?" Mm -hmm. I would agree. A lot of them agreed with the short shorts. But they didn't want to change how they look. They didn't want to cut their hair. They didn't want to change the color of their hair because that was their expression. Like, what's the relation of that? The, even that in itself is a lot to unpack, you know, yeah. what we consider to be quote-unquote professional. Because even definitions of those things tend to change. And sometimes a lot of the, the, the sad part about it is the indoctrination on what we believe to be, you know, air quotes professional it starts at the education system yeah that's why i like to commend my the school i graduated to i do find them to have a lot of problems but this is one thing i commend them with they respect mm -hmm. the gender expression of the students as long as they follow the rules related to that gender expression that's mm -hmm. it i remember having a friend he's He's, you know, tra a trans man and men were not allowed to wear earrings in that school. And then when the guard stopped him, when he yeah. saw the earring, he was so happy because one, he was seen as a dude. <laughs> he was seen as a dude. He was more happy. He didn't care that the guard told him to take off the earring. He was just happy that yeah. he saw him as like That's male. Seen. Yeah. And then a trans yeah. woman who came into the class, the guard just said the, sh the skirt was too short, but he didn't say don't wear a skirt. Yeah. 
It's just the skirt was too short. <laughs> it, it exposes the absurdity of these rules. In yeah. a way, I think I know what you're referring to, but I'll, I'll clarify that once we finish recording. <laughs> sure, no problem. So, um, yeah. So, where can the listeners find you, uh, Louis, in in this in in all the socials? Uh, well, you can find me um, if you want a little poetry at Dear Juliet blog on Instagram, or if you just want to see me rant about my life in pretty pictures at cup of insanity also on instagram and if you like k-pop hit me up at at, at sunsets and gin and if you like more mm-hmm. poetry and essays that might remind you of your ex dear juliet blog.com yes please 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 follow uh louis in all their socials uh, especially dear juliet blog their writing is you know amazing it, it's inspiring because it also com- Spells me to work on my craft. So, if anything, like you know, I should commend you for that, uh, Louis, because you kind of just keep reminding me to to also focus on my craft. So, thank you for that. So, um, thank any you for last words? Because <laughs> I'm also a feminist in progress. I'm learning. Yes, yes, we all are. So, um. As always, um, if you find value in this podcast, you can give a donation. <laughs> Details are in the episode description. Um, you can follow me at Feminist in Progress Pod. If you have a story that you want to share on the podcast, you can email me at feministinprogresspod at gmail.com. And remember that when it comes to your journey, when it comes to your gender identity, it's a work in progress not perfection.